chapter 6, 33 has been our theme verse for the series, as well as, um, as well as for our 21 days of prayer. And it says this, seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Is that some good news, everybody? Now, Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16 says this. Uh, let me actually lay, lay a little foundation of, of what we're about to read, a little backdrop. And so what we see, we're introduced in this, in this text to two people, Silas and Paul. And, and they're walking around doing ministry with God and, and, and or for, for, giving the good news of Jesus. And what they have is this, this girl following them who, who's a fortune teller. Uh, the scripture says that she had an evil spirit in her and she just kept mocking and teasing Paul and Silas. Paul, all of a sudden, scripture says in Acts chapter 16 that he just got a little annoyed. And so he turns around, he's like, spirit, leave. And it left. And so all of her fortune, um, all of her fortune telling power just vanished. And so she, uh, what we're going to read here is the response of, of her boss, her, her owner. And it says this in, in Acts chapter 16 and verse 19. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates or civil officers and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. Verse 22. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. This morning, uh, for the next 20-ish minutes. I want to talk to you briefly from the subject, the weight of your worship. The weight of your worship. Let's pray and then we'll get started. Father, we thank you for today. God, we pray that you would just uh, do what only you can do, God. And, and so as I speak, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to our heart. God, you know uh, the baggage that every person came here with this morning. And so I ask, God, that you would do what only you can do. We want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. So, God, we love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone. Say it. Amen. Amen. So have you ever met anyone famous before? Just someone, like, super famous. I remember in college, um, my buddy was the tour manager for the Jonas Brothers. Y'all remember the Jonas Brothers? And, uh, and so the, he was the tour manager for the Jonas Brothers. This is back when they were, they were big. And, and, uh, and, and so they did like this little concert for, for, for my, my school. And uh, afterwards, we, we were able to just hang out and talk with him. And uh, I remember some people just get super weird when they meet someone famous. You know, like they just, and it's kind of embarrassing. You're embarrassed for them. And, and, and so, so we were hanging out in this circle. The Jonas Brothers were there, and we were just talking. Now, i got to be honest, I, because I was not a huge fan of them, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't super giddy. But my friends, on the other hand, man, they were excited. 
Some, some of my friends that were in the circle, they were just like. They were just so hyped about this, this conversation with, with, with the Jonas brothers. And, and, and I would try to talk to them and they'd be like, shut up, shut up. They were so focused, so engaged on every word that came out of the Jonas brothers' mouth. And, and, uh, and I would try to talk to them and they would just look at me. They would give me that look. Like if you interrupt them one more time. So help me God. <laughs> And they were just intently focused in on what these guys were saying. Some people just get weird. But the reason why I'm, I'm sharing this with you is because really, I believe what they were experiencing in that moment is what we call worship. Now, l- l- let me explain. Worship in its simplest form is, is giving someone my sole focus and affection to someone or something that I have given value to. So in its most simplistic form, worship is me giving my soul focus, affection, attention to someone or something that I have given value or worth to. Now normally when we hear this word worship, we associate it with with. Uh, our response from humanity towards some type of deity. So, like all throughout history, we see, we see humans worshiping some type of God, some type of idol. And so, so we associate, or it's easy to associate worship simply with humanity and, and, and a God, and God. But I want to propose to you this morning that if you and I are not intentional, anything can become your object of worship. Anything can become your object of worship. Anything can become that thing that you just that that you have that you just focus on. And the reason for that, I believe, is because when you and I were created, you were wired with this innate desire to worship. When God created you, that he placed something in each and every one of us that has this desire to worship something. In fact, he, uh, God says in Isaiah 43, 21, that, that this idea, let me fact check that. Isaiah 43, 21, he said, the people that I had formed so that they can give me praise. And so from the very beginning, when God was forming you in your mother's womb, he placed, he's, he wired you for this desire to worship. Just think about that. Think about how, drawn, how easily drawn you are to something. How, how easily it, you, you are to just focus all of your attention and all of your affection towards something that you've placed value in. It is so easy. Why? Because God, God wired you that way. Now, initially, when he created you, he put that desire, that, that, that thing inside of you to worship, he placed it in there for him. But God also has given you what we call free will. And so he, he placed this idea, this desire for us to worship inside of us. But he also said, hey, if I force you to worship me, then it's, it's not really worship. You're just a robot. 
And so he, he's like, I'm, I'm going to put this desire for you to worship in you, but I want you to choose what you want to worship. And so he's given us, he's wired us to, to worship. He's given us the freedom to worship. And as you know, it is so easy to make anything the focus of our worship. It is so easy for anything to become that, 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 that thing or that, that person to worship. In fact, maybe this morning some of you are, are in here and your object of worship is that relationship you're in. Your soul affection and focus is towards that person. And so you might not term it this way, but really that, that, that relationship is something that you worship. Maybe for some of you in here this morning, your career has become something that you worship. You, you put all of your focus and all of your affection towards that, 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 that reaching the proverbial, climbing that proverbial ladder that, man, that, that's become, you've worshiped your career. Maybe, maybe this morning, some of you have made your worry the object of your worship. Because you've placed so much focus and affection on that worry that it's, that, that it's, it's placed such a high, you've placed such a high value in it. Not because you want to, but simply because you focus so much on it. And, and, and so, so we, have these, we have this innate ability to worship something. This freedom to worship someone. And if we're not careful, we end up worshiping anything. And as, as, we, as we worship, and, and as you grow, and, and as you make Jesus the Lord, or, or we call, we say, the boss of your life, what, the moment that I do that, the moment that I say, Jesus, I want to make you the boss, the Lord of my life, is the moment that by default, all of my worship, by default, should go to God. Should, it should go to the one, the creator of the universe. By default, that's where my worship should go. That, that's where... That's where it needs to go. That's, that's, where, uh, that's where it was designed to go. So here's my question for you this morning. Here's my question for you this morning. Where is your worship going? Where, where is your worship going? To, to who is your worship going? To what is your worship going? Now, as we ponder that question, I want us to... To go back to the story that we read at, our, at the very beginning of our time together of, in Acts chapter 16. And, and when we left Paul and Silas, they were beaten and they were imprisoned. And they were left in, in this jail cell. And uh, just, I, I want you to put yourself in their shoes. And here, here they are. They're, they're, they're in this cell. They, they're just beaten. They're, they're imprisoned. And for, for most of us, we would, we, would, we would say that's rock bottom. Right? If you just ended up one day not even expecting it, just in, beaten by rods, that's what the text said, 
thrown in prison, you're like, man, this is the worst day ever. <laughs> this, 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 in fact, is the worst day ever. And if you ever want to know, if you ever want to know where your worship is going, take note of where you are led to in your lowest point. Because what you will find is that your lowest point will, by default, reveal what you worship. Because you and I, we have this ability to go to the thing that we have made the most familiar in our life. And so here is Paul and Silas. They're sitting in this prison cell. They're beaten. And in this moment, they have an opportunity to reveal the very thing or person that they worship the most. The thing that they become most familiar with. And so really it could have been anything. It could have been, it could have been anything that, that they've just been familiar with whenever they, they, they've tried to worship something. And, and here they are. They're, they're, just, they're sitting there. And watch what it says in the text. Chapter, 25, chapter 16, verse 25. And we could have the band come up too. That was fast, huh? I know that's what you're thinking. I know you're like, where did the time go? You're supposed to keep us here for hours. But what, I'm probably having you guys come up too early too, but that's okay. I feel like I, I talk better with you guys up here. So Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16, verse 25. It says this, about midnight, <clears throat> Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. I'll read that again. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. So just, I want you to, to gather what's taking place in this moment. Remember, your lowest moment will reveal the thing that you worship where your worship is going. And so Paul and Silas, they're in prison. They're beaten. They're like, man, I, I, I don't know why we're here. We shouldn't be here. And in that moment, they have an opportunity to begin to worship what they're familiar with. And the text says that around midnight, they begin to pray and sing hymns to God. They begin to pray and worship. They, they begin to pray and praise. In the moments of their, of their proverbial rock bottom, they decided to worship. Now, I do understand that worship is far more than just song. Worship is, is far more than just us singing. In fact, the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 12, verse 1, he says, Therefore, brothers, I urge you in the view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So worship goes far beyond you singing. But worship is how you act. Worship is, is, is your actions, can be your actions. Worship can be how you speak. Worship can be how you think. 
the Apostle Paul that wrote Romans 12, verse 1, he, he's letting us know that worship, everything that you are, every aspect of you can be worshiped to God. And so I want to acknowledge the fact that I understand that worship is more than just song. But I also want to bring to your attention that there is something about worship in song form that changes situations. There, there's something about worshiping through my song that helps posture my heart to remember and receive what God's promises are. And so as, as we sing at, at the beginning of our time, when, when we sing and the words come up and, it, and it's saying uh, the rain came, wind blew, but I built my, my faith on you, my house on you, what we're doing is it's stirring your faith because you're reading it and you're like, oh, that's right. That, that, that's right. Because I don't know about you, but whenever I'm going through something, I, I tend to lose focus on that. And so, so though worship is more than just song, there's something about worship singing. Pro, like, like something about the words coming out of your mouth. I felt like Chris Tucker right there. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Focus, John. <laughs> but there's something more. There's something about worshiping through your words. There's something about worshiping through song. And so, so here's Paul and Silas. They're sitting there. They, they begin to pray. Our scripture says that they begin to pray, and they begin to sing, sing hymns. They, they begin to worship. And the very next verse, verse 26, it says this. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prisoner, the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. There's something about worshiping through singing that takes situations that were impossible that turns it now into something that's possible. And even if it's just making it possible inside, that's all I need. It doesn't necessarily have to change on the outside for me initially, but if something could begin to shift inside of me, if, if, if what I thought was impossible can all of a sudden become possible inside my heart, where I'm believing that, hey, God, winds came, rains blew, I built my house on you, so I'm good. There, 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 there's something that, there's something about it. There's something about when I worship God through song that chains fall, that chains, that chains break. And so this morning, I don't know the chains that you came here with. I don't know the baggage and the bondage that you brought, your, brought with you in this place. 
Some of y'all came chained to brokenness. And you just carried it. You've been it's been a generational broken. Some of y'all came in here this morning chained to generational depression. Gen and when I say general, I'm saying your mama suffered from it. Your mama's mama suffered from it. Your mama's mama's mama suffered from it. And it's just generational. And you're carrying it around. And you're like, man, this is, this, it is what it is. Some of you guys came in here this morning just defeated. You're like, this is the worst 2023 ever. It's supposed to be brand new. I'm supposed to like experience things. It's supposed to be a new year, and it sucks. And you're just chained. It's chained. You, you came in here this morning, and you have your, your chain. And I want to propose to you this morning that what if you're one worship away from those chains falling off? Like, like what if? I, I don't know. Listen, listen. If it doesn't work, you can blame the scripture. You can blame God. If it doesn't work, you get your money back. What do you got to lose? And so what if you're one worship away from the earth shaking, the foundation that, that, that you've been walking on, that's been dragging you down, that's been beating you down? What if you're one worship away for all of a sudden God to take it and begin to shake it, that foundation of that thing that was bringing you down, and all of a sudden the chains are, they fall down. One worship away. What if? I don't know. I don't know. But what do you got to lose? And, and it, said, it said this. The text said, and then we're going to worship. I'm going to give you an opportunity to worship. And it said this. This is why we're, we're ending early. It said that, that uh, the chains fell off of Paul and Silas. But it also fell off of the prisoners that heard what was going on. Now, here's why I think this is super important. Because we have to understand that worship is not just for me, but it's for that person sitting next to me. See, what if you hold that freedom that that next person, the person next to you needs? See, because you can come in here on Sunday morning and life can be dandy for you. And your worship is like this. But, but what if that person that's standing next to you, they can't break it themselves. They're like, man, I need a Paul and a Silas. I need a Paul and Silas just to begin to lift their voice, to lift their hands, and to help stir my spirit to remind me that chains fall, fear bows. That's why we worship, friends. That's why we spend 20-something minutes at the time, at the very beginning. It's because we, we want to remind your spirit, to remind your heart and your mind the promises of who God is and what he wants to do in your life. That's why, that's why for those of you that come and you're like, oh, I'm, I, just, 
I can skip worship and just come in for the message. I just need the meat. No, you're missing it, man. You're missing it. There's something in the moment of worship that can't be replicated even when I'm speaking. That can only be done through worship. And so here's what, what, what I, I, my desire, and then we're going to worship, is that we would be a house desperately seeking God in worship. That we would be a house that we allow the weight of our worry to fuel our worship. The weight of our worry to fuel our worship. See, what happens is a lot of the times I allow the weight of my worry to hinder my worship. Because I'm going through something and it hinders it. It's, it that, that worry and that weight, it hinders my worship. But what if, what if that weight of your worship was a thing, the weight of your worry was a thing that fueled your worship? That you're like, man, I'm going through hell right now. But I understand, God, that I'm going to worship you no matter what. And I'm going to lift my hands no matter what. And I'm going to sing to you no matter Like what if, what if the weight of your worry can fuel your worship? And the last thing, and I promise, and I said that three times, I'm sorry. There's someone here this morning, and I hope this is freeing to someone. You have a hard time lifting your hands because every time you lift your hands, you see the filth of what you have done in your past. And your hands have become weighted. And every time you lift your hands, you see the guilt. You see the things that you've done, and you're like, man, I am not worthy of lifting these hands. I'm here to let you know this morning, you can lift your hands. That, that, that all you got to do is repent. Say, Jesus, I repent of this. And the moment you do that, man... The scripture says that you are washed. He throws your sins into the sea of forgetfulness. And you can lift your hands and not see them through the, through the sin of your past or the struggles or, or the generational things of your past. But you can see it through the grace and the mercy and the love that Jesus died for you for.